Listen, we are going into a new series starting this morning called Magnified Life, and it's really talking about the life that we as Christ followers should be living, or at least we have the opportunity to live. In fact, we're going to focus this morning specifically on that word, opportunities. Opportunities. God provides opportunities to us moment by moment of every day. I think it's up to us to begin to see those opportunities and seize those opportunities. Uh, after the announcements, I want to make you, since we're talking about opportunities, I want to make you aware of just a few right here at the start of the message. And the first one is your opportunity to, to give uh, towards a disaster relief fund to go to Florida. We work with several different ministries that are already on the ground in Florida, helping those that have been devastated by the storms there. Does anybody have family or friends there? In, in Florida. I have a lot of family and friends. That's actually where I'm from. I'm from Tampa. Um, all, all of my friends and family are safe. I had a few friends that lost like pool enclosures. The screened in pools uh, are no longer screened in. Uh, but other than that, I don't know anybody that's hurt. But if you've been watching the news, the southern Florida was really, really devastated. Uh, and so we, uh, we partnered with City Impact they just seem to be one of the quickest ministries on the ground, uh, and we're going to partner with them again. So you can go online. I did hear, I wanted to mention this about the Grace app, because we pushed it several times during the first service, but apparently, uh, at least on the, the app store for iPhones, the Apple um, app store, right now the Grace app isn't available, so I'm going to find out why that is. Uh, that's a little strange. But you can go online, and if you go online to give, you just make sure that you pick the uh, drop-down selection of disaster relief. You'll find that there. You can give over the next few weeks and everything that's given uh, with that drop-down. Or if you want to put uh, cash or a check, obviously the check you can write in the memo. If you're dropping cash in, would you make sure that you put it in an envelope and write disaster relief on that? That way we make sure that those funds go uh, to what's happening in Florida. So you have that opportunity. And then I want to present another opportunity opportunity to you that I love, love, love. Uh, that's Embrace Grace. If you've heard me talk about Embrace Grace a few times already this year, Embrace Grace was started by a church in Texas uh, that began to minister to moms in crisis. Now, I know moms in crisis is kind of broad, but what we find is there's a lot of, lot of young moms that are even struggling with the decision of whether to keep their baby or not. Sometimes that decision, many times that decision is based on their feeling of lack of support from those around us. So we want to make sure, my watch keeps making noise. I thought I had it silenced. We want to make sure that we're coming alongside these young ladies and loving them and supporting them through this. And this is what Embrace Grace does. So we have two ladies that are going through that this semester. It's our first semester doing it here. We've been doing it for a few years in Cornelius. Uh, and, and let me tell you, many of the ladies that have gone through Embrace Grace, we find that they're giving their hearts to Jesus. So out of the two that we have currently going through Embrace Grace, one young lady has already given her heart to Jesus, and that's something that we can celebrate. We, we certainly hope that that happens with every young mom that gets connected, but our goal is simply to show them love. That's what our goal is. So here's where you guys come in, because not everybody is involved in, in Embrace Grace as far as the week by week, but you can be involved in the shower. At the end of this semester, they go through a, uh, 12 weeks, and at the end of the 12 weeks, you have the opportunity to throw these moms a baby shower. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you'll be there, but you'll have the opportunity to purchase the items that are needed for the baby shower. It's been a, a crazy awesome thing. In fact, during COVID, I love that my, my wife has been involved involved with Embrace Grace since the start. I love what we did, or what they did, I should say. Pastors love to take credit for stuff. 
I love, I love what they did during COVID. Uh, I, I did go and participate in it, but we had outdoor baby showers. So we couldn't go inside. We couldn't bring them inside. So even in one apartment complex near the downtown area, we had tables set up outside along the sidewalk, and people were bringing gifts. We had all these gifts piled up, on, and the mom was out there. We had a drive-by parade, so people were honking and riding by. And Well, we, we get to actually be in person, but you get the opportunity to, to buy these gifts. So if you'll go to our website, find Embrace Grace underneath the events, you'll see the shower, the baby shower, G-C-E-L, for East Lincoln, because they're also doing this in Cornelius. Uh, but you'll find that, if, and, and then you'll find the link for a registry. You can go online. We've already had probably seven or eight gifts delivered that you guys are purchasing, so it's already starting to happen. But this is just a wonderful way for us as a church family to say, man, we, we love you. And, and for you guys to say, we don't even know you, but we love you to show them the love and grace of Jesus. That's what this is all about. So make sure you take the opportunity to, to do that here pretty soon. It's uh, on November 12th is the shower, and we need to make sure those items are purchased. We have funds that are given too, so I can tell you that every item that's needed, they will have. Uh, and some of them are, are great items, like high chairs. and. Pa- How many of you older parents... Uh, we used to call them playpens. How many of you older parents say, yep, that's what I had? We called them playpens. Were they called anything else back in the day? I'm 49, so I... It was, you know, we, well, we still have, a, a, we call them pack, packing plays now. Um, how many of you remember, if you, if you had little ones at some point, how many of you remember how hard it was to remain a Christian and set up a playpen? <laughs> yeah, the words you think about saying are not words that we should say as Christ followers, but I cannot believe the design of them early on. You remember those arms? Because you had to have them perfect. I don't, you had to be standing right and your eyes crossed and your tongue out and to get those things to lock in place at the same time. Just awful, awful. Uh, when we started bringing in foster kids, that was one of the things that we chose uh, to invest in. We now have a pack and play. It's lasted several years now. We now have a pack and play that you just push the bottom down and everything pops up. That same brand makes one that you just push a button. You can push a button and step back, and it just goes, but that was way too expensive. But anyways, so we have have an awesome opportunity just to love these ladies. And and let me tell you this, too. This isn't something that uh, they go through Embrace Grace, and after 12 weeks, uh, we drop and we we forget about them. Uh, In the next semester, we'll start a group called Embrace Life, which is a next step for them. So hopefully we can keep these young moms either connected with our church here or connected with some church in the community because that's really the goal. Uh, We'd love to see them come to Jesus, but we want to make sure that they're now living a life uh, filled with the blessings that God has for them. So those are two opportunities as as, as we get into the message talking about opportunities. Listen, I don't know about you, but I, I want a good and fulfilled life. Anybody there with me? I want to feel I have purpose and that my purpose in life is being lived out. We have to know that God has a plan for our lives, but it's up to us to discover his plan and live following his plan. Now, I want to read a few verses, but I want to step back just a little bit because as soon as I talk about God's plan for our life, I believe that we have made it, and I say we, church leaders, pastors, the church, Christ, we've just made it far too complicated when we talk about this plan. Because when I grew up uh, as a teenager, one of the things I always heard was that I was the church of the future. What a horrible, say to, a horrible thing to say to somebody. Uh, you no, know, you're not the church yet, but maybe someday you will be. Uh, another thing that I felt was this tremendous pressure to find the exact plan that God had for my life. So I had this stress about every step. I had stress about praying which college I would go to. By the way, I did hear God on that one. That's where I met Brandy, uh, was at college. So I did hear God on that one. 
So, he, so there was this pressure of, I didn't even get an awe out of that, like that. Anyways, hey, let me tell you this too. I, I, the, the first service, they did okay with this. Uh, I went about 10 minutes over in the first service. If you guys want me to end on time, then you just got to get into this a little bit. Just uh, uh, amen or a hallelujah or just like, whoa, every once in a while will get me excited. I'll talk faster. Anybody have the gift of interpretation in the room just in case that's needed? Oh, nobody? Okay, so I'll have to keep it in English. No, I'm kidding. So here we have these opportunities. Let me read a few verses that prove that God has a plan for our life, but it's really not that complicated. Here, here's Jeremiah 29, 11. A lot of people are familiar. Most of you are probably familiar with this verse. But it says this, for I know the plans I have for you. Man, there's some significant words in that verse. This is God speaking. He says, I know. I know the plans I have for you. He's not saying that he knows the plans you have for you. He says, I know the plans I have for you. God has a plan for your life. One of my favorite verses, Ephesians 2.10, and I won't read the whole thing, but the last sentence in this verse says this. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. Oh, we we got a few right there. He's created us anew in Christ Jesus, listen to this, so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Again, revealing that God has a plan. There's things he's designed for you to do. That should be exciting to us, right? And here's some good news. You don't have to go through life trying to figure everything out on your own. He's already figured it out for you. We just have to look to him. Romans 12, 2. Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Listen to this verse. Then you will know, then you will know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Let me read that line again. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. I don't know a Christ follower alive that doesn't want to know God's will for their life which, by the way, is good and pleasing and perfect. He has this design for us. And as we talk about opportunities this morning, this is really getting into the opportunities that's a part of God's plan that he presents to you day after day after day, moment by moment. Listen, God gives us the gift of life, and we have the privilege of using it as a gift to him. So he gives you this life so that it it can be used for him. I I begin to think about this in the area of resources. If if, let's just consider this for a minute, that our lives are are filled with different resources. Those resources being this time. Does anybody have any time? Come on, raise your hand. If you don't have any time, then I would say change your calendar. How many how about this? How many of you have any energy? I mean, even just a little bit. Right? Uh, how, about, how about this resources? Thoughts. Does anybody ever think anything? D- wives, do not look at your husband. <laughs> do you guys ever think any? Have you ever thought that those things are also a resource? Our thoughts are resources. And then, of course, we have finances. H- have you ever thought that emotions might be a resource that God has given us? Now, here's the thing. We can either use all of those resources, and maybe you were thinking of a few other things. We can use those resources as the opportunities that God brings before us, or we can watch them become depleted. And we would find that our resources aren't being used for God. Let's go back to the area of thoughts. I don't know how many thoughts you have in a day. It's probably hundreds of thousands. 
uh, at least tens of thousands. How many of your thoughts are focused on Jesus? are focused on his affection and his love and his grace and his mercy for you? How many of our thoughts are focused on, God, I just want to live my life glorifying you? Really, that's when we begin to settle into God's purpose and plan for our life. Do you know your purpose is to glorify God? We can bring it down to that so it's not so complicated and we're not so stressed out about every little detail, but that we seize opportunities that God brings before us just to glorify him. So our God is a God of opportunities. You have one life to live. We've got to seize the opportunities God brings our way. Let's look at this passage of scripture. And maybe you've never looked at this scripture before uh, in the light of opportunities. But Matthew 25, verses 14 through 18. You've probably heard the story, the parable, and, and this is, you're familiar with the story, the talents. And, but let, let's look at this from the, from the perspective of God providing opportunities for us. Matthew uh, chapter 25, starting in verse 14, says, Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. Verse 16, The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. So here in this story, as we talk about opportunities, the bags of gold represents our time, our abilities, and the resources that we talked about just moments ago to serve God with the opportunities he has entrusted to us. These things are considered by God as a trust that we are responsible to use in the wisest possible way. So let's look at these opportunities. The first thing that we see here is this. God presents opportunities to grow us, to grow us. Uh, many of you have, physical, uh, have, have experienced physical pain, uh, growing pains from, from your body growing, and I haven't experienced those, but I think my, my body stopped growing like the seventh grade. No, I'm not that short. But uh, in our spiritual walk, in our life with Jesus, we're going to experience growth. And I begin to think of what are some of the ways that we experience growth or how does growth occur? The first thing that I thought of is new experiences. If you have little kids in, in, in your house, it's so fun watching them experience things for the first time, right? And part of our jobs as, as parents, when I say discipline, I don't mean punish, I mean, I mean teaching and growing them uh, in their knowledge and experiences. But it's so fun watching young people, kids grow as they experience new things. We as adults, we still experience new things. We should be experiencing new things with God frequently. So that's one of the ways that we experience growth or that growth occurs. How about this one, overcoming challenges? Has anybody ever had a challenge in their life? Whew, right? We experience growth each time we overcome a challenge. Now, sometimes, which would get, go into my next thought, sometimes we allow those challenges to beat us up a bit. But when, as we overcome challenges and trials and hardships, we experience this growth. The third thing that I thought of was the right response to failure, the right response to failure. I mean, I, I grew up feeling like failure was not an option. And, and as I've gotten older, I don't necessarily feel like this is something that my parents put on me. It's, it was just a perspective, an inaccurate perspective of, of something that I felt. And maybe it was all me and just the insecurities that I had. Uh, but I felt like failure was not an option. The closer I've 
come to Jesus, the more I find that, man, there's so much growth that happens in failure. Listen, failure should never be our intent. We should never set out to fail. That we, I, I experienced a thing in, our, in the church that we were pastoring in Virginia. It just seemed like a season where a lot of our teenagers were saying, God wants me to fail. No, God doesn't want us to fail. We, we do fail, right? He doesn't, he doesn't want us to fail. His, his intentions are far too good from us, but he's also such a great God that when we do fail, he covers our failure with grace and he, he allows us to grow from that. So our, a right response to failure. And then the fourth thing I thought of is just new and applied knowledge. How many of you know that knowledge doesn't necessarily grow you or strengthen you? I've read hundreds of books in my life and, and I haven't applied all of it. <laughs> In fact, I've read the Bible many times and I haven't applied all of it. But talking about this knowledge, growth occurs when I have knowledge and then I begin to apply it. Listen, even on a Sunday morning, I hope that we, we don't just come into Sunday morning and if we're taking notes, uh, that I, I catch some of y'all because your notes end up being left on the chair when you leave. But that we take whatever God is speaking. It doesn't have to come straight from me. It could come during worship. It could come from God just as we're lifting our praise to him. But that we would take what he's speaking to us each time we gather and actually apply it to our lives. Listen, that's when growth happens. That's when transformation happens. As God speaks, I take it in, but it's just not more knowledge as if I'm filling up a filing cabinet with everything that's spoken, but I'm taking what he speaks, and then I begin to apply it. That's when growth happens, and God presents those opportunities to us moment by moment of every day. Here's the second way. God presents opportunities to glorify him. Listen, I said it before. You'll hear me say this a lot because I'm all about this. I think our purpose and plan in life as Christ followers is simply to glorify God. I don't, yes, I don't think it's to make sure we pick the right profession or career or I think it's just to glorify him. If I'm striving to glorify God with every decision, with every thought, with every action, if, if that's what I'm striving for, listen to me. Man, you're going to sink right into the purpose and plan that God has for you with the details. But let's not stress out about that. And God provides opportunity after opportunity for us every day to glorify him. What are some ways that we can glorify God with our lives? This is a time where you can actually say something out loud. What's some ways that we can glorify God with our lives? Helping others, right? So simple, not really complicated. How many of you could help somebody in the next week or so? With, with anything, yeah. What else? Prayer. Prayer, absolutely. And not just in a closet, if you grew up like I did, you always heard about this prayer closet. I was always looking in the closet to see if God was there. <laughs> not, not just in a closet. I loved hearing, it was a story just last week, somebody shared a story of them being in a, it was, I think it was at Publix right here, in the produce section, and they felt led to pray for somebody, and so they just did right on the spot. They started a conversation, and they prayed right on the spot. Man, isn't that awesome? That is so cool. Glorifying God right in the middle of the produce section. What else? How else can we glorify God? Worship. Worship. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not just work, but do it with excellence. Doesn't God deserve that? Obedience. Ooh, that's a big one. Maybe one more. What's that? Yes, thankfulness. That his praise would always be on our lips, right? John fifteen eight says this. When you produce much fruit, 
You are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. Now you could, we could go off into some, some deep talk about this verse, but here, here's Jesus saying, you are my disciples, or I know that you're my disciples. The world will know that you're my true disciples when you produce much fruit. But then he goes on to say, this glorifies God. What fruit is he talking about? It's us beginning to live and look and sound like Jesus. That's the fruit that's being spoken of here. That as my life begins to demonstrate who Jesus is and how much he loves the world around me, that's producing much fruit. And then I see that that fruit glorifies God. I re- listen, I really do think it's that simple. It's those things that we just said, and it's being uh, having some intent that I'm going to do this, and we're going to have an opportunity to respond to the Holy Spirit in just a few moments, but I'm going to intentionally begin to live a life that glorifies God. Here's the third thing. God presents opportunities to positively impact others. Now listen up those that say that you're introverted. Any introverts in the room that's willing to raise your hand? All right, we've got a few introverts in the room. I'm pretty introverted myself. Now, this was, I found this study before social media, so I'm assuming that this number is now like through the roof. But sociologists did a study years ago, this is probably 15 years ago when I found this information, that the most introverted person in the room would impact more than 10,000 people in their lifetime. Let me say that again. The quietest person, the shyest person in the room is still going to uh, impact more than 10,000 people in their lifetime. So if you're more talkative, if you're more free to walk up to a stranger and strike up a conversation about anything and everything, that number is probably much higher. With social media, that's much higher because I see a lot of introverts in person that are pretty loud online. So that number is way crazy. I mean, that's a crazy amount probably now. So here's the key. If all of us are are impacting at least 10,000 people in our lifetime, the question would be how are we impacting them? Does my life cause them to think that they are missing something and that something's Jesus? Is my life causing them to think, man, I see the way that David's living and I want to live that way? If we're impacting people around us all the time, I mean, 10,000, and that's, I mean, I don't know what the math is. We could probably pull a calculator and find out, like, how many days, if the average lifespan is, what, 80, Pastor Roy, it's got to be more than 80 years, right? 85, I don't know what the lifespan of a human being is now. Anybody know what they say? No? So we, if we would multiply that, you're still, you're still impacting many people almost every day. But the question is, how are we impacting them? Am I causing them to look to, or at least for, Jesus, you will impact people. Let's begin to seize opportunities to impact them in a positive way. We have, as, as Grace, in fact, it's uh, Pastor Roy and his wife are, are back there. And it's, it's amazing that they're here this morning uh, because I need to tell you of an opportunity that we have. And, and actually, a, a vote will take place uh, next week. We're probably a little behind the game. But let me, let me tell you the opportunity that we have as Grace and then tell you why we would vote. Um, but next week, we'll have a, a, a 
congregational vote because in Foursquare, uh, there's just a few things that we vote on as a denomination as far as a congregation, and one of those has to do with properties, the lease of property, the sale of property, the acquisition of property. Uh, we, have, we have an amazing opportunity because the faithfulness of Pastor Roy, who's sitting right back here, hopefully you'll have a conversation with him. I didn't know that he was going to be here, but we as Grace have an amazing opportunity uh, to step in and, and bring on a, a church that Pastor Roy has pastored for 40 years. 40 years. Um, he, is, he is retiring and he has asked uh, Pastor Farrell and Grace to take on uh, his church as a campus. So there's been many conversations uh, with our council, with his council, and just trying to discern what God wants us to do and, and how he wants us to do it. But let me tell you uh, of the amazing opportunity this is uh, because of the faithfulness of Roy, his wife, their family, the church family. Uh, but we have some pictures that are showing up. That's the facility that seats about 200 plus at least, the facility itself, uh, on, on several acres with a few different buildings uh, on 150 in Mooresville. Right next to anybody familiar with Point Blank Range or the QT, the SAMs, it's just outside that area. I actually avoid that area, uh, not because of the church leaving waters, but, be, but because the traffic... I just have a hard time loving Jesus and loving people in the midst of traffic. Uh, so I avoid the area. The only reason I'll even approach that area is because of Clutch Coffee. Anybody know Clutch Coffee? Clutch Coffee's right in that area, uh, so I'll go for that. But God has given us as grace this amazing opportunity to, to go in there and see further impact in that community. Uh, and so next week, we'll actually, it'll be, take place right here in the service. We'll do a yay or nay, vo- yay or nay vote on uh, acquiring that uh, property. Many steps have, have already been taken, and this is just kind of a formality that we have to have uh, within our denomination. I'm extremely excited about that. And, and I love the fact that our leadership team, it sounds like their, their church family and council are excited about it, but as soon as it was presented, like our leadership team at Grace uh, was very excited about it. Right away, saw it as an opportunity that God has for us. I'm pumped. I am so, I'm so pumped about it. But here it is. Like, I, I think there's a lot of things that have been considered, but it would have been very easy for Pastor Farrell, uh, now Pastor Zach. You, you haven't met him yet, but he's certainly in the conversation. It would have been very easy to say, you know, we don't, we don't want to entertain that thought uh, because there's going to be some work involved. Transitions can be extremely difficult at times. We've all experienced those. It would have been really easy to say, you know, we've got a lot going on. We just want to focus on what's already going on. So I love the fact that we're, we're recognizing this as an opportunity and, and that we get to step into um, the fruitfulness and the, uh, the blessings that have, have been there for years in, in a community where it's well-established. And it's just amazing. I could go on and on. It's amazing. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll talk about some, that some more next week. Let's look, look at the last and final thing. God presents opportunities to bless us. I, uh, when I saw this point, if you didn't know, like our outlines are developed by a team, and so I'm not included in the initiation of some of these points, but they get reshaped as we all come together. That process is changing a little bit with Pastor Zach. But when I saw this point, I immediately, God presents opportunities to bless us, I immediately thought of Psalms 23. Like that came to mind, and <laughs> stupid me, like I'm having this argument with God, like God, I don't, I don't get it. Like we're talking about opportunities for blessing and Psalms 23 and uh, so as soon as I got the opportunity I mean I knew it by heart most people do but I pulled out my phone and I began to read it I want to read it to you I want to read it out of the New Living Translation because when I read it from the perspective of God wants to bless us 
I was pretty blown away by this passage. Psalms 23, out of the New Living Translation, so if you have something different, uh, you might be seeing a few different words, but here's what the New Living Translation says. The Lord is my shepherd. Listen to this. I have all that I need. I mean, that sounds like a blessing to me. Because of God, I have all that I need. Listen to this next little phrase. He lets me rest. Oh, come on, that's a perfect opportunity. Like, amen, hallelujah. Right, he lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside, listen to this, peaceful streams. He leads me beside peaceful streams. That sounds like a blessing to me. Verse three says, he renews my strength. Come on. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, get this, I will not be afraid. Why? Because God is a God who blesses us. It says you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff both protect and comfort me. That sounds like a blessing to me. Verse 5 says you prepare a feast. Come on, we're approaching lunchtime. Anybody else? You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. Sounds like a blessing. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will, will pursue me all the days of my life. Listen, we love and we worship and we serve a God that wants to bless you. And if you're experiencing his blessings now, he wants to bless you more because that's just who he is. Here we have a passage of scripture that could be quoted by many, but I've never looked at it. God is a God that wants to bless me. He wants to bless me. We just have to begin to see that he's presenting us with opportunities for blessing after blessing. And listen, sometimes that blessing looks a whole lot like giving, <laughs> like me giving of myself, me giving of those resources that I talked about early, giving of my time, giving of my energy, giving of my finances. Many times the, I'm so blessed in the giving of those things. How many of you will look at Psalms 23 just a little bit different now? A God who wants to bless us. As we begin to close, let's just go quickly through some, some ways that we can seize the God opportunities that are presented to us moment by moment of every day. Here's the first thing. We have to uh, see the opportunities must be discerned. They must be discerned. This word is a really big word I wish we had time to go into conversation about, but we've just got to know when the opportunities that are coming before us are God. Listen, not all good opportunities are God opportunities. In fact, many years ago, I read in a book, and I was trying to remember what book it was, but it said this, that a lot of times good will rob you from God's great. Like we as Christ followers, I think far too often just settle with good when right around the corner is God's great because I become too impatient, because I lack trust or faith. But many times when you're going through a hardship and you would settle for good, I think God's saying, just wait a little bit longer because great Great's coming. Here's the second thing. Opportunities usually require you to take a step of faith. Opportunities usually require you to take a step of faith. How do we know that Peter walked on water? That wasn't a trick question. Because <laughs> he stepped out of the boat. He stepped out of the boat. Maybe some of us are like some of the other disciples who are still in the boat praying about stepping out. And God's saying, listen, I present opportunities to you every day. Just begin to take that step of faith. It requires that step. 
just us experiencing all that God is and all that he has for us requires this, this step, this action, which goes into the next point. Opportunities require action and effort. Listen, prayer is so important. But for me, there's an action that should follow every prayer. Every prayer. The reality is this, we could open scripture right now, we, we could very easily go to probably hundreds of verses of God's instructions to what we should be doing with our lives, how we should be spending our resources, those resources that we talked about. But we have to make an effort, there has to be action. The last thing is this, opportunities are given multiple times every day. Let's close our eyes. Opportunities are given to us multiple times every day. One of the things that I've just, it's been a pattern in my life for, for years, and it's just before I fall asleep, one of the questions I ask the Holy Spirit is to help me assess the day. Help me assess the day. And in that, there's sometimes where the Holy Spirit just floods my mind with some pictures of the missed opportunities that I had that day, of the person he brought to me that all I needed to do was speak the name of Jesus or say a little prayer and I was too busy or just too focused on something else. or So for me, that's something that, that I ask of the Holy Spirit to do. God, help me, help me see the opportunities because there's been a few times where it was just so heartbreaking that I was, I was very much looking for opportunities the next day. Maybe that's a question you could ask for your own life right now. Holy Spirit, what are some opportunities that I continue to miss? God may speak to you the name or show you a face he may bring a circumstance. He may bring a pattern that's in your life. You know, even as a pastor, as a, as a leader in a church, you know, sometimes it's, it would be very easy to pass people by trying to get something done rather than stopping and having a conversation. Is that happening in your own life? Maybe even as I say that, a coworker comes to mind, a, a classmate comes to mind, a family member comes to mind. Holy Spirit, I ask in these moments that you would just open our eyes to the opportunities that we seem to miss, opportunities that you're bringing to us. Lord, help us see them, but even more so, let us be compelled to action. Lord, I pray that the next time somebody comes before us that needs to be encouraged, that we would encourage them. If they need a prayer, that we would pray for them. God, I pray that for everyone that's in this room, the next opportunity we have to get Jesus into the conversation, that we would seize that opportunity. Thank you, Jesus. If you're here this morning and, and you don't know Jesus, right now is a perfect opportunity to be introduced to him. I would love to pray with you if, that, if that's you, you don't know Jesus. Listen, it could be that you've been attending church for years and have, ne have never surrendered your heart, your life to him. If you want to do that this morning, I would love to pray with you. I just want you to raise your hand just so I know who you are. And in fact, we'll all pray together. But All right, I didn't see any hands go up, which isn't a bad thing. That means we all know Jesus. God, I thank you so much. Thank you so much for loving us for directing us, guiding us. I pray that we would become just a new body of believers, new, fresh, anointed Christ followers that begin to seize every opportunity.
that you bring our way to glorify you, to speak your name, to lift your name high, not just in a, in a building, but in the marketplace, on the street corners, in our work, in our schools, in our families. Let us seize every opportunity you bring our way. Here's a last thought, and then I'll say amen. But a life focused on following Jesus will be filled with opportunities to become more like him. May we become more like you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.